skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. You know what I, I wish I had right now? Smoke dust. <laughs> what? Smoke, smoke dust, not milk dust? They're the faded cousins to the we milk got smoke, We got smoke duds. Smoke, smoke. Weed every day. Smoke weed every day. Can you imagine if, if milk duds, if you could smoke those though? Mm. That would be like a nice caramel hit with a little hint of chocolate. And that... Poosh Koosh, that Captain Cody. <laughs> Who would like Captain Candy? <laughs> Have some candy. You can smoke them. <laughs> In my fungeon. It's my dank dungeon. <laughs> I'm so just, fucking you just, ready. You put out a 10 with that shit. <laughs> Baby, I'm always a 10. <laughs> oh, snap! A dick so hard! <laughs> it burns! <laughs> right into the pit! It burns! <laughs> you always do it better than the me. The pit is a vagina. Alright, so... <laughs> Shit! <laughs> so, yeah. So, this is, uh... This is Lots of Pasta. Thanks for tuning in. This is, um... This is the fourth episode we're recording with the new mic. You're the fourth person to record on this new mic, and I need to say... This mic sounds fucking crystal clean. Hey, I love sloppy quadruples, so man, just lay it on me. I'm ready to touch this big black mic. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. There was, um, there was a point when I was slipping on the, uh, I was slipping uh, on the wind buffer uh, around the tip. Like, yeah. Like a, like a condom. Uh, I was, like, pinching, pinching it like foreskin. And I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to put it over it. And I can't, so I just put, like, the one on top of something, and it just looked like a cock. So you, and I was just like, shit. So... If Frowns and Boohoo were here, I wouldn't have a mic anymore. <laughs> if you... If you can't use a regular size windbreaker, do you gotta get a Magnum XL windbreaker? No. <laughs> no. This is Lots of Pasta. This is the podcast where we read the, uh, the spoopy pastas. Have you ever I'm thought here about... With, uh, I'm here with my... Self-proclaimed best friend. Uh, it's, it's true. Oh. <laughs> I confirm it. I'm just... Franz McBoo, who he is here today, and I think this is... He pulled it from my asshole. Phew. This is your seventh episode. Oh, shit. You, you are leading the way, I believe. Really? Because I usually like to be in the rear. Boom! Nice. Precursor for lots of pasta is... Grab you that glass slipper girl. Cinderella just slipped out from the evening ball and she picks up her slipper. She fills it with some honest, <laughs> some good hard days bud she re- that those mouses founded under the floorboards. I'd like to meet a woman who has a bong that also acts as a shoe. Mm. That's my kind of woman. But she has to have a dick too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> grab you that glass slipper and, and uh, smoke it up. Take, take an extra bog hit for me. Take a take an extra hit to the dome piece <laughs> for Franz McBoohoo. Why, why are you calling out for, to all them single ladies? Because, because listen, we are straight it. Straight as your sexual preference. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna start this. Uh, we're gonna start this episode, and I've, I've found you some nice stories. I am. Listen, and, uh, I am so fucking ready for these stories. How long have you spent looking for them for me? No. So this this site is called uh, Unsettling Stories. It's also a Facebook thing, but this guy just, or woman, I don't know. It's an anonymous writer. Just writes all these original stories, and this is the one from. Uh, we also did it. La- I think the last couple episodes we did it, but the first one I read was with Disco Dracula in episode thirteen. <laughs> He's dancing, uh, where um, the centipede crawls into the into the pee pee hole, and so <sighs> this is the same writer that wrote that. So I always I always think I'm going to be surprised, but they're all relatively okay, you know. So anyway, um, this one's called "Why Do All My Love." Wait, no, I'm reading it. I introduce it. 
You want? I okay. Need, okay. You don't need okay, to read my okay. shit. I just I do it for everyone else. I, okay. Let me take it away. Why do all my lollipops moan when I put them in my mouth? First of all, get your mind out of the gutter. Lollipop isn't a euphemism for anything else. This is serious. It's been like this since I was a kid. I never thought about telling anyone because I worried people would think I was either nuts or gay. <laughs> Which means he sucks cocks. Where I live, those two labels carry similar stigmas. To be honest, I'm only mentioning it now because it's starting to get really weird. Alright, weirder. First, let me just give you an example of how this all normally works. I work at a pediatrician's office, so of course there are lots of lollipops to go around. I was finishing my shift when I felt my blood sugar tanking a bit, so I grabbed a Dum Dum Pop Mystery Flavor Lollipop, unwrapped it, and popped it in my mouth. I love the mystery flavors, they're just so mysterious! <laughs> anyway, I absentmindedly sucked it while cleaning up my desk, when on cue, that sound started. Mmm, yeah! Oh, good heavens, don't stop. I'm the only one that can hear this, mind you. Shay was working right next to me and didn't notice a thing. Regardless, the voice persisted and grew in enthusiasm as I got closer to finishing it. As always, as the last bit of candy dissolved, I heard a grunt and a muffled, Thank you. Then it was gone. That's not normal, right? It's possible this is all in my head, I freely admit it. Still, there's something too tangible about the whole thing to make it truly think that I'm hallucinating. Then there was what happened yesterday. I was at work and we were leaving early because there was a snowstorm on the way. Shay was calling patients to reschedule their appointments while I billed the insurance companies for the patients we had earlier. The weatherman, Chuck Gerald, a.k.a. Dewey Dapper, was doing a live broadcast in front of his maps and showing the predicted snow accumulations. I watched and grabbed a cherry lollipop. I unwrapped it and put it in my mouth. The weatherman paused and his eyebrows arched for a second, but then he continued his forecast. I didn't think much of it. I manipulated the candy with my lips and tongue and the familiar <laughs> filled my skull. Dewey Doppler started to look bewildered and uncomfortable. He was walking strangely, but still going on with the broadcast. It was unusual. Dewey Doppler never messed up. He's a consummate professional. Something had to have been wrong. I studied Dewey and I sucked the lollipop. His face was getting red. The high-def image of his face showed beads of sweat appearing on his brow. A disturbing pang of realization struck me. With experimental deliberateness, I pulled the lollipop out of my mouth and licked all around the circumference as I stared at the weatherman's face. The moaning in my mind grew vervid, and Dewey stumbled as he walked to the other side of the map. His hand was down by his waist as if he were covering something. I was fascinated. Don't stop, please. The words in my mind were insistent, and Dewey Dampner was standing with a slight hunch in his dick, but still smoldered on with the forecast. Or, or as I would like to say. <laughs> Or <laughs> yeah, that too. yeah, it's to each his own. The doctor burst into the office, startling me out of my concentration. Without thinking, I bit down on the lollipop. A shrill, hysterical screech came from the television. Shay, the doctor, and I turned around toward the sound of pain and saw a wide patch of dark red blooming across the front of the weatherman's pants. He clutched his cross and screamed. The video cut to commercial. What the hell was that? The doctor asked. 
I don't know. <laughs> I stammered. Wow, that poor man. Shay sighed, went back to her phone. Oh wow. I should have read that that was a woman. <laughs> the doctor went about his business and Shay went to hers. I sat in my chair and tried to work, but the flavor of cherry in my mouth didn't taste so sweet anymore. And in my head, I still heard Dewey Doppler screaming. How'd you feel about that? I just want to know how close she got him to orgasm before she bit off his dick. Was, Wouldn't was it, you like to know that? I mean, you know, was it like seven-eighths there? Was it like a, you know, uh, Professor Oak? You were close. <laughs> you were close. He was. Couldn't quite get the wonderful. Wonderful. Wow. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. That was a good story, though. I really enjoyed it. You know what? As as no, a no, that that person makes good stories. As a you know, as someone who likes to also suck on things, Kenny, I just try to imagine having that much power. I mean, I could technically put anybody's dick in my mouth that I want through any type of. You're getting real close to me. It's like a Horcrux. <laughs> God damn. Except it. it's spelled W H O R E. It is. I think. <laughs> what you, yeah. You, mentioned you should paint your face yellow, get naked, run around and dress up like Banana Man. Because <laughs> that's what you're doing. Uh, paint yourself yellow and run around naked. And, and call yourself Banana Man. Do the hokey poke. <laughs> Turn all around. That's what's all about. The, uh, this one's from the other side Tumblr uh, acronym Toast. Who are uh-huh. you, Adele? Troll pastas from the other side. Hello. Hello. I'm gay. <laughs> I like to walk around with makeup on and I say, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. So this one, uh, this one is based off of real events. You could read about this story online. Uh, it's an actual location and actual sightings happen and I think it's kind of cool. Um, so this one's called The Bunny Man Bridge. After the Civil War, Fairfax County, Virginia became more populated and eventually an insane asylum was built there. No one wanted to live near the asylum, and because of the public outrage, the institution was shut down. The administration transferred the patients, and in 1904, the process was completed. During the transfer, some of the patients escaped and hid in the surrounding woods and forest. These individuals were lost, delusional, and dangerous. Most of them were found except Marcus Loster and Douglas Griffin. The local authorities found a trail they believed belonged to them, littered with half-eaten, mutilated bunnies. <laughs> the trailer led deep into the woods to a tunnel bridge crossing Wide Creek. There, they found Marcus hanging from the tunnel entrance. There was a note attached to his foot that said, You'll never find me no matter how hard you try, signed the Bunny Man. That tunnel has been called Bunny Man Bridge ever since. The legend says that if you walk all the way down the tunnel or around midnight, Bunny Man will grab you and hang you from the entrance to the bridge. You know, all I'm thinking about is that it's... I know you're not a big fan, but, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure at least one of you who is listening to this podcast has seen Aqua Teen Hunger Force. There's an episode where Beat Wad gets this really cool shirt, and uh, uh, Shake asks him to summon something, and he summons this big pink bunny. And they're like, are you my, my snakes? I'm the Easter Bunny! And then they make twins, and Frylock blows his face off. And that's just what I'm envisioning here. You know, we are all... We are all one mind. Pass me my bone. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, we smoked that last I'm week. I'm getting my shot! <laughs> Boom! Boom! Back. Ladies and gentlemen, while death is taking the hugest bong rip I've ever seen, I have to please remind you that we are sober. And straight edge. And that noise was just me flapping out my anus. <laughs> Chew. So. Kachoo. Kachoo. Oh. Strange deaths and phenomena have been connected with the Bunny Man Bridge. There was a young man from Clifton, Virginia, who came upon the bridge while traveling. Later, he killed his parents and dragged their bodies into the woods to hang them from the bridge and then killed himself. Like in that southern In 1943, stretch, three teenagers, two men, and a young woman were at the Bunny Man Bridge for Halloween night. Three youths were found dead, hung from the bridge with their bodies slashed open. 
all with notes attached to their feet saying the same thing. You'll never catch the bunny man. Oof. In 2001, after hearing this tale, six local students and a guide searched the area. They found mutilated bunny parts during their search and left the forest after they heard noises and saw figures moving around in the woods. This is a great story. It's real. There's an actual bunny man bridge in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I love Zootopia as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That fox really pulled one over on her. There was a woman in that movie? That bunny. That bunny had a little pink vagina. I'm gonna continue on with this bridge shit. I'm gonna continue on with this bridge shit, though. How about you lose the southern? Because you're already talking about fucking animals. This let's, is let's bring you up to New York. I'm already doing that, boy. <laughs> I got a nice squirrel condom waiting for you. Squirrel like pig. I put a squirrel around my cock and I shove it into other people. I hate you. Just <laughs> stop. Stop. This one's also from the other side of Tumblr. This one's called Screaming Bridge of Maud Hughes Road. <laughs> Maudie's Road is located in Liberty Township, Ohio. It is reputed to have been the site of many terrible accidents and suicides. Railroad tracks lie 25 feet below the bridge, and at least 36 people are said to have been reported dead on or around the Maud Hughes Road Bridge. Ghostly figures, mists, and lights have been seen as well as black hooded figures and a phantom train. The legend says that a car carrying a man and a woman stalled on top of the bridge. The man got out to get help while the girl stayed. When the man returned, the girl was hanging on to on the bridge above the tracks. The man then supposedly perished with unexplained causes. Oh. To this day, many people have reported hearing the ghost's conversations. Then a woman screamed, followed by a man's scream. Another popular and typical crybaby bridge story says that a woman once threw her baby off the bridge and hung herself afterwards. Let me see if I got any more bridge shit I could read. I... <laughs> I'm gay! On every day, and I'm sucking dick. I'm glad you picked it up. Every day, night, and day, and I like my dicks. <laughs> and, my bu- and the way they taste. And who would have thought you could put it in a bowl? <laughs> Blocker! Listen, <laughs> I take dicks in all color. Woo! All right? Listen, I am an equal opportunity. Oh, shit. Dick master. You just went there. Cockmaster. I am fucking ready. So ready. All right. This one goes out to all you dicks out there. There's a lot of them. Tiptoeing the line of consent. Also from unsettling stories. No. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. You can't even say the next line. As no. You can't do it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. I'm having a conundrum. I don't know what language to be. Let me rephrase that. Just read. I don't know what accent. <laughs> Just read. I want. I, you know what? I don't want to be rushed. I gave you your speed all time. To rush me. No. I insisted. Absolutely and unequivocally no. I studied his face. It looked like he was preparing to accept what I was saying. But somewhere in his eyes, I saw what he had been hoping for. Something I barely wanted to admit. He had that whiskey dick. But nonetheless, what I wanted most of all, he understood that behind my protestations was a plea to be convinced. He opened his mouth and I studied his tongue. Yeah, I bet you did. It was pink like my veg. And firm. large pink gun. And firm like his cock and marked with taste buds <laughs> like my ass. <laughs> I was gonna say like my cock. <laughs> the sheen of saliva on the muscle was both inviting and repulsing. <laughs> you got that you got that cotton mouth there, man. Did I? I loved how it felt inside me. Oh, so muscle is just dick. Alright, I gotcha. I enjoyed the sensations it produced. 
but it left things behind <laughs> when he pulled away. I would feel the air on the wetness <laughs> it deposited. It was cold, discomforting. So I, I just wanted to, I just want to chime in. I'm sorry that I keep giving you these hypersexual stories that might make you uncomfortable. Guys, I'm gonna give you. We're gonna, we're gonna get real here for a second. Talking to some guy, right? Like having a nice time. Asked him if he likes boxers or briefs. Playing 20 questions. Would you believe that I said that? Because let me say what briefs. Let me say what I have a nice booty. And I agreed with. Well, I didn't. I didn't say that. Oh. I said I agreed with your opinion on briefs. Yes, yeah. I said because you know I'm a runner, and my butt's getting better. And I said the briefs make my butt look good. Would you believe that he told me the conversation was getting hypersexual? And he felt uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. I use the word booty, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and apparently I'm a hypersexual nympho. Yeah. But I am a hypersexual <laughs> nympho, so it's nailed. all good. I met his mouth with mine and let his tongue slip between my lips. Her vaginal lips. It brushed against my own. And I tasted his saliva. It's getting a little hot in here. Say it's 50 fucks darker in here. His, his mouth was still salty and slightly bitter from our earlier acts. Damn, her snatch is salty. Not altogether unpleasant, but still noteworthy. I assumed mine tasted similar. His tongue probed. I felt it rising. No! I murmured around his tongue despite my protestation. I gripped him and pulled him tighter against me. I knew he felt my arousal pressed against his belly button. Regardless, Dude. I wouldn't give him the satisfaction of consent until I was ready. I told you. I didn't care if he was ready to burst. You're reading some of your favorite fan fiction, right? So wait a minute. That... That woman had a penis and a... It's, it's never been a woman. So. I've got a penis and a vagina. <laughs> Did you know I have to open up my vagina and my penis falls out like it's a penis fly trap? Jesus Christ. It's a penis fly trap. You're so close to the fucking mic. You told me to lean into it. No, no, I'm directing it towards you. I don't appreciate it. Look at this shit. <laughs> Can you play it, please? No. Play it. Stop. Play it. Play it. If you fucking happy? You fucking happy that you heard it? I am stupendously happy. Uh, where were we? Oh, um, I didn't care if he was ready. Oh to shit! The story's not even over. No, you fucking cut your phone away. I still got a penis in a banana. <laughs> I pulled back and watched it twitch. I saw the subcutaneous veins throb and pulsate. Please. Please. He mouthed. Please let it in. I studied him with practice. Did you pick this because I'm gay? Yeah. Oh, it's a good story. I'm glad you like it. I studied him with, pra with practiced dispassion. A look he recently claimed to despise. It makes me feel like you're going to pin me through and add me to your butterfly collection. He say, if only he knew how badly I hated butterflies. <laughs> how badly I, I wanted to be the one, one who was pinned through. through. <laughs> I still got a piece in a vagina. <laughs> I grazed my fingernails over him producing a gasp of ecstasy <laughs> and anticipation. I wanted him to think it was the time. What he... time is it? <laughs> Midnight? It's time. <laughs> Dueling dicks. <laughs> he turned me around and I craned my neck as he kissed my mouth from behind. I felt it pulsing against his belly and my lower back. Please! He muttered. <laughs> was a as he. <laughs> please! As he ravaged. As he ravaged my mouth with his. 
big fat cock. <laughs> it's tongue. Convince me! Because <laughs> I breathed. God damn it, you're not having an asthma attack. His hands traveled over my body, touching and exploring and grasping and releasing. Hazy waves of undulating pleasure coursed through me, first starting at the locations of his manipulations, then spreading until my entire body hummed with eccentric pleasure and excitement. The pressure of it against my lower back was intoxicating, and I found myself gyrating against him. Please! He whimpered, and I felt and smelled the hot tears leaking from his eyes as we kissed. Ah! Ah! Whispered, drawing out every single world. Whoa! In! In! me! That was all it took. I felt a rush of pressure as the throbbing sensation pushed up against his belly, through his chest, into his neck, and finally into his mouth. There was a slight tickle against my teeth and gums, then it poured itself down my throat. I went limp as it filled me. Foot after foot of his gift disappeared inside, still hot from his body. I felt its anterior chitness plate scrape my tonsils and esophagus as it burrowed down. My throat distended, followed by my chest as it got deeper, so did my belly. His lips were locked to mine as I felt it maneuvering through my intestines. Until slowly that it stopped, I felt a thick, ropey vein throbbing against the corner of my mouth. I opened my eyes. He was staring at me. He smiled around its bulk with our bodies together finally we shared the intimate moment i denied him for weeks it spasmed and thrashed inside me and my rectum <laughs> and my asshole none of it mattered the moment of closeness we shared together transcended the concerns i might have had before it was a part of a greater whole his tongue lapped over my lower lip it didn't have much room to travel as it was being flattened by the gift we shared but I managed to meet it with my own. His cold saliva around my mouth didn't bother me for once. Despite being overcome with pleasure, I felt pangs of guilt. To have denied him the closeness had been cruel. To have denied us this pleasure had been even crueler. But now I know, and next time there won't be any waiting. My answer will always be, Yes! That made me uncomfortable. That made me horny. I got five minutes. God damn it. That's Did like, you? Uh, that's like uh, the, those animes you kids watch. With the tentacles and the, and the and all the holes at once. Holes and poles and... Dig it up, uh, um, dig it. <laughs> I like the way you work it. You said holes. In my diggity. About fuck it up. The but, uh, I was talking about the Shia LaBeouf movie. Oh. Okay, got a bit of a special. Uh, we don't usually do big hitters on your episode, but I saw it in passing and I, I figured we'll do it. Um, big hitter or a bog hitter? Both, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's right. I mean, we're so goddamn straight edge. I We ain't doing shit in this basement, Except dog. being the best goddamn mouth whores from Timbuktu to Portland, Maine. This one's called <laughs> the Reich. The Rake. No, not the Reich. This one's called the Rake. <laughs> um, if people are fans of Slenderman and proxies and urban legends and like monsters like of that caliber, then you've probably heard of the Rake already. The Rake is um very similar to Slenderman myth and stuff like that. Uh, this one's also from the other side Tumblr. During the summer of 2003, events in the northeastern United States involving a strange human-like creature sparked brief local media interest before an apparent blackout was enacted. Little or no information was left intact, as most online and written accounts of the creature were mysteriously destroyed. Primarily focused in rural New York State, self-proclaimed witnesses told stories of their encounters with a creature of unknown origin. Emotions ranged from extremely traumatic levels of fright and discomfort to almost childlike sense of playfulness and curiosity. While their published versions are no longer on record, the memories remained powerful. Several of the involved parties began looking for answers that year. 
In early 2006, the collaboration had accumulated nearly two dozen documents dating between the 12th century and present day, spanning four continents. In almost all cases, the stories were identical. I've been in contact with a member of this group and was able to get some excerpts from the upcoming book. The Rake. A Suicide Note, 1964. As I prepared to take my life, I feel it necessary to assuage any guilt or pain I have introduced through this act. It's not the fault of anyone other than him, for once I awoke and felt his presence, and once I awoke and saw his form, once again I woke and heard his voice, and looked into his eyes. I cannot sleep without fear of what I might next awake to experience. I cannot ever wake. Goodbye. Found in the same wooden box were two empty envelopes addressed to William and Rose and one loose personal letter with no envelope. Dearest Linny, I have prayed for you. He spoke your name. A journal entry, translated from Spanish, 1880. I have experienced the greatest terror. I have experienced the greatest terror. I have experienced the greatest terror. I see his eyes when I close mine. They are hollow, black. They saw me and pierced me. His wet hand. I will not sleep. His voice. All that continues is unintelligible text. A Mariner's Log, 1691. He came to me in my sleep. From the foot of my bed, I felt a sensation. He took everything. We must return to England. We shall not return here again at the request of the rake. It was it was the sweet embrace of death taking me from Trent Tachycardia. From a witness in 2006. <laughs> Three years ago, I had just returned from a trip from Niagara Falls with my family for the 4th of July. We were all very exhausted after a long day of driving, so my husband and I put the kids right to bed and called it a night. At about 4 a.m., I awoke. I woke up thinking my husband had gotten up to use the restroom. I used the moment to steal back the sheets, only to wake him up in the process. I apologized and told him I thought he got out of bed. When he turned to face me, he gasped and pulled his feet up from the end of the bed so quickly, his knee almost knocked me out of the bed. He then grabbed me and said nothing. After adjusting to the dark for a half second, I was able to see what caused the strange reaction. At the foot of the bed, sitting and facing away from us, there was what appeared to be a naked man or a large hairless dog of some sort. Its body position was disturbing and unnatural as if it had been hit by a car or something. For some reason, I was not instantly frightened by it, but more concerned as to its condition. At this point, I was somewhat under the assumption that we were supposed to help him. My husband was peering over his arm and knee tucked into the fetal position, occasionally glancing at me before returning to the creature. In a flurry of motion, the creature scrambled around the side of the bed and then crawled quickly in a flailing sort of motion right along the bed until it was less than a foot from my husband's face. The creature was completely silent for about 30 seconds or probably closer to five. It just seemed like a while just looking at my husband. The creature then placed its hand on his knee and ran into the hallway leading to the kid's room. I screamed and ran for the light switch, planning to stop him before he hurt my children. When I got to the hallway, the light from the bedroom was enough to see it crouching and hunched about 20 feet away. He turned around and looked directly at me, covered in blood. I flipped the switch on the wall and saw my daughter, Clara. The creature ran down the stairs while my husband and I rushed to help our daughter. She was very badly injured and spoke only once more in her short life. She said, he is the rake. He's the rake. He is the rake. The rake. My husband <laughs> drove his car into a lake that night while rushing our daughter to the hospital. The hospital. What if she woke up the in the back seat? It was like while rushing our daughter to the hospital. He did not survive. What if, what if, you know why? It's because she woke up in the backseat and was like, The brakes! <laughs> back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up! But he was too late. Being a small town, news got around pretty quickly. The police were helpful at first, and local newspaper took a lot of interest as well. However, the story was never published, and local television news never followed it up either. For several months, 
My son Justin and I stayed in a hotel near my parents' house. After we decided to return home and began looking for answers myself, I eventually located a man in the next town over who had a similar story. We got in contact and began talking about our experiences. His name was Rick Raker. <laughs> he knew of two other people in, the New, in New York who had seen the creature we now referred to as the Rake. It took the four of us about two solid years of hunting on the internet and writing letters to come up with a small collection of what we believed to be accounts of the Rake. None of them gave any details, history, or follow-up. One journal had an entry involving the creature in its first three pages and never mentioned it again. A ship's log explained nothing of the encounter, saying only that they were told to leave by the rake. That's, that was the last entry in the log. There were, however, many instances where the creature's visit was one of a series of visits with the same person, multiple people also mentioned being spoken to, my daughter included. This led us to wonder if the rake had visited any of us before our last encounter. I set up a digital recorder near my bed and left it running all night every night for two weeks. I would tediously scan through the sounds of me rolling around in my bed each day when I woke up. By the end of the second week, I was quite used to the occasional sound of sleep while blurring through the record at eight times the normal speed. This still took almost an hour every day. On the first day of the third week, I thought I heard something different. What I found was a shrill voice. It was the rake. I can't listen to it long enough to even know how to begin to describe it. I haven't let anyone listen to it yet. All I know is that I've heard it before and I know, and I now believe that it spoke when it was sitting in front of my husband. I don't remember hearing anything at the time, but for some reason the voice on the recorder immediately brings, back, brings me back to that moment. The thoughts that must have gone through my daughter's head made me very upset. I've not seen the rake since he ruined my life, but I know that he has been in my room while I slept. I know in fear that one night I'll wake up and see him staring at me. If she thought the rake was bad, wait till she meets the hoe. God damn it. So, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's about that time. This is a troll pasta called Don't Google Big Black Banana from Ebola. Take it away. Hey, let me get it. Let me get a presence here first. Let me just no. know what I'm going into. You're sick of sandwich. We take meat, we take him, and we slide him together like a deck Take of a cards. big old peanut butter banana. Deck of cards, and then, and then we eat him like a big fucking sandwich. Alright, this story's called Don't Google Big Black Banana from Ebola. Everyone knows about that famous search engine Google, right? Well, there's a dark secret they don't want anyone to know. You may have heard about the dead bodies, rape victims, and other things found have other things found on Google Street View. Found, <laughs> found on Google Street View. But what I found today was truly disturbing. It makes shudder with fear just thinking about it. When one of my friends emailed me a mysterious message, I didn't question it. He was probably hacked or got one of those annoying viruses. Hi, my name. Long time no see. <laughs> we should catch up some whatever you do. Do not Google Big Black Banana from Ebola. Thanks. Yours truly, my friend's email address. Now, normally, I pay no mind to these spam messages, but I was feeling pretty adventurous today. So I opened up Google Chrome, got to my homepage, which is Google, if you haven't guessed, and typed in Big Black Ebola from me banana. <laughs> yep, that's what he types. Keep going. You got it. Into the search bar. And he entered. My blood was boiling for some freaky. I was anticipating it and nothing. Nothing. Well, nothing eye-catching anyway. So I went to Google Images. Just random images like usual. I was getting bored, ready to click away, when suddenly I saw a map icon blinking. I clicked on it and to my surprise there was a location called Big Black Banana. I bet you wanna go there. I wanna live there. <laughs> now this should have been a red flag, but I didn't question it at the time. I clicked the street view and what I saw next fills me with fear to hear. It's been three hours. Dead bodies everywhere. 
All the bodies seemed to be covered in diarrhea. It was disgusting enough, but the date slider really got me. The date this photo was taken of the area was today. There was all kinds of dead people, all, of the, all ethnicities, men, women, even children. I was panicking at this point. I quickly closed the window and tried to relax. I took some deep breaths. That's when I heard it. A crashing sound from what I could only guess was my kitchen. I went downstairs to check and when I got to the kitchen, there was only one thing left on the counter. A banana. It looked normal enough. Yellow peel. But when I peeled it, I noticed it wasn't just any banana. It was black and darkened. Like those patches you find on normal bananas but all over it. Curious and startled, I instinctively took a bite out of it. I then proceeded to call the police and report a break-in. After dialing 911, I began to choke on the banana. I dropped the phone, then I noticed it. My skin had started to darken, and I looked just like the flesh of the banana. The fluid started oozing out of me, and I started having diarrhea. Oh, why was you choking on the banana? I dropped the peel on the ground in agonizing pain. I slipped on the peel. I did I really just eat the whole thing? In that amount of time? Impossible. I would have remembered taking more than a bite. The phone was on the ground. The operator had hung up. They probably thought I was just a silly plane caller or something. And I drove to the hospital. They had me examined, but by the time I got there, I was already feeling a lot better. My skin was normal. My breath didn't even smell like bananas. Then the diarrhea mysteriously disappeared. When I told them what happened, they recommended me a psychiatrist. I was pretty frustrated at that point and decided to go home. When I got home, the pill was gone. I'm not crazy. I know this happened. I can't imagine what would have happened if I ate the peel too. So whatever you do, please don't Google big black banana for me, Bola. I'd like Elmer Fudd's like I adopted say, second went, child. You went full retard on that one. Listen, I went full Elmer Fudd. There's a difference. No, you, you went full retard. You sounded exactly like the guy from the recording of the book, 11-22-63. A part of me feels like I could sound like Satan from Yo and Satan. Alright, so I'm going to read this one's called It. It's also a troll pasta. It's a big black dick. Everyone thinks that their home is the safest place on earth, right? Wrong. Right. Wrong. Right. Wrong. Right. Wrong. Right. Wrong. Sad. Wrong. Sad. I thought the same thing. None of that ghost bullshit will ever happen in my house. I was wrong. This fucking thing has been following me around my home for days, if not weeks now. But I feel like I'm going too fast. Let's start at the beginning. I was home alone about a week ago just doing the casual, watching TV, playing video games, and watching Fail Army on YouTube. I'm used to being home alone since my parents work a lot, but for some reason, it felt different to me. Since I have a dog, I needed to let him pee every four hours or so, so around 8pm, I decided it was time to let him out. When I came back, I saw two eyes looking at me from the windows from my room. Thinking it was my cat, I just shrugged it off. When I came inside, I saw that my cat was lying on the couch. I was disturbed by this, but I assumed it was just my imagination. My parents told me they would be back around 2 a.m. Since it was a Friday night, I decided to stay up until they would come home. It was only about 9 p.m. when I got bored, so I texted a few of my friends if they wanted to come over and hang out, but all of them were busy or in a club, so I had to entertain myself. Just as I put my phone down, I heard a weird noise coming from upstairs. It wasn't like a voice, but it kind of was. I know it sounds weird, but that's the only way I could describe it. Checking the surroundings, I noticed both my dog and my cat were in the living room with me, so I closed the door from the living room so that they couldn't follow me. I was being paranoid, so I didn't want to I didn't want them to get hurt. Get yourself together, fucking wimp, I muttered to myself as I was walking upstairs opening the door. I stood shocked. I wish I could unsee what I saw. There it stood, 
It was a humanoid figure with long claws and ragged clothes. It stood with its back to me, thinking it was a burglar with some kind of twisted humor. I said as angry as possible, Who the fuck are you? It turned around. I was shocked at what I saw. Its face was deprived of any sort of emotion. It just stood there with those piercing eyes, and then it did something I didn't expect it would do. It smiled. It had long, razor-sharp teeth covered in blood. The only thing I could say was, w What the f fucking fuck? Then it just jumped out and disappeared. Shocked, I walked back downstairs and just sat in the living room until my parents came home. That night, it returned. I was lying in bed, and just as I turned to the other side of the bed, I saw it. Those eyes, those fucking eyes piercing through me again. It began to smile again. I wish it didn't. It kept looking at me the entire night. I managed to fall asleep, and when I woke up, it was gone. This has been going on for a week now, everywhere I am in the house. It is always beside me, even when I'm typing this. Please don't let it in your house. Never. Never, 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 never. That story was... Are getting back together. We... The story was written by Taylor. You keep talking. I keep talking. Is that talking? And we're talking about we... He are never, ever, ever... Itty big black bonobo cocks. An unpopular young med student you had. You didn't even introduce Oh. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself, folks. It's about that time. <laughs> My name is Annoying Med Student. Troll pasta. An unpopular young med student had been particularly annoying one day as some of her classmates decided to play a trick on her. They snuck into her room after she'd gone to bed and placed an amputated arm into bed with her. The next morning, they anxiously awaited her reaction, but got none. Eventually, they went up to check on her and found her sitting on the bed, moaning and gurgling as she gnawed on the arm as it stuck from her vagina. So she took that hand and turned it into her own finger puppet. <laughs> she was chewing on it. She was playing with herself. She turned it into a fucking slim thing. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess I'll close it out with the Irishman. I hate you. I'm 50% Irish. One day, I thought some man died. walking down a street. Yes, a street. He was wearing a plaid kilt and really high socks. So anyway, he was playing his bagpipe. That I forgot to mention while I was explaining his physical attributes, like 90% of all 12-year-old scary stories do. And he heard a strange noise coming from his stomach. He said, Aye, that can't be good. I think I might have a bit too many beads in that last batch of hummus. So he started on his adventure to find a bathroom to take a ferocious, explosive, really bad-smelling diarrhea dump into. He went to the local crack house, but they only had urinals. He checked all the grocery stores to no avail. He even tried taking a dump in the garbage can in the dollar store. Nope. It was too high to take an atrocious, three-foot-wide, spray-radius diarrhea dump into. After all, he didn't want to accidentally hose down half the store with molten shit. With molten shite. So he decided that he had to go to his neighbor's house to use their bathroom. He got there, and it seemed like there was nobody home. Luckily... He knew where the keys were hidden, so he put it in the doorknob. But since he was on the verge of bottoming out, he accidentally broke the key off the lock. <laughs> At this point, he was desperate for a toilet to take a big stinky shit into. <laughs> he had to use a garbage can to get up to the second story window. He climbed into the window and realized in horror that somebody was asleep in the bed in front of him. He decided that since he already caused enough damage, he would just wake up the person to ask them where the bathroom was. He tapped him on the shoulder and realized it was a young African-American girl. She screamed and it scared the Irishman so badly that he let loose a waterfall of stinky, mostly brown diarrhea in his undies. The Irishman saw a young African-American man running towards him from the hallway, so he quickly ran to the bathroom to take off his undies and flush them when he realized that the bo young boy meant business. The Irishman decided it was too late and quickly jumped back out of the window where he entered. The next day, on the local news, he saw the face of the young man. He was, he was saying, 
Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And hide your husband. Because they're raping everybody in here. Mr. Death, I'm not a sentimental man. And I don't know much about words. But what I do know is asses and titties and titties and asses. Oh, yeah. I miss them. I miss them wee old asses. <laughs> the titties and, and the titty songs. Oh, oh titty boy. The pipes, the pipes are calling. The crack pipes be calling. <laughs> oh, so this was lots of pasta. We, uh, we've read a lot of stories about things happening in bedrooms. And a lot of shit. A lot of sex. Lots of sex. It was, it was weird. a very hyper-sexual hyper hyper It's making me uncomfortable. I've got a thumb up my ass and I'm <laughs> ready to play. God damn, look, I don't know what you're playing over there. It's sure ain't my Pokemon trading card game. So anyway. Is there anything you'd like to add before we uh, before we end this shanty? Guys, thanks for bringing me back. Um, you know, yeah, death, yeah. Thank them. Don't thank me. Death kept me locked up God in his basement, it. and um, he kind of kept. If that me... were the case, you'd be on every episode. No, he just he would he would get me really high, but refused to feed me. Oh, I did that. And then you know when I listen, homies before homies, because <laughs> listen when I'm when I want some sugar and I'm trying to watch my weight and I don't buy any, but regret it later. You should be there, fish in hand. Fish in hand. So anyway, what, 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 what's the show called? Which one? This is the one we're on. What's the show? Oh, this is episode 20. No, but what's, no, what is, the, what is the name? Oh, lots of pasta. Have you ever thought about calling it Pazzolazza? Yo, maybe. Maybe pasta's lotsas. Pasta lotsa. I only like my pastas if they lot. Oh my god, I'm getting fucking Nam flashbacks to episode <laughs> one. I was gonna say, you just repeat I only like my pastas if they last us. And I only like my banks if they mossy. God damn, no, we're ending the and episode. And I don't like End the episode. And I only like my means if they dank. And I only like my weed if it stank. Mean machine. Mean, mean machine. machine. I'm a motherfucking mean machine. Suck my dick.